I just remember where I was coming from as a writer and a producer, creating the song and wanting it to feel like a classic and a modern classic. It was an accomplishment for me that I was really proud of. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's Nick, Gareth, and Gia. And today we've got a special episode. We have another addition to our Break Breakdown series. This week, we are going to be covering the one, the only, the iconic, the legendary, the masterful, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. So starting off this episode, we thought it was really important to talk about what All I Want for Christmas is You means to us. And we wanted to talk about our first memories of it and our first experiences. So Nick, you go first. What is your memory and what does All I Want for Christmas is You mean to you? My first memory of All I Want for Christmas is You is kind of one of my first Mariah memories because I, I think I've told this story before, I can't remember, but <clears throat> I got no, I wanted Daydream for Christmas. And this is when I, this was back in 1995. And Daydream was so popular at the time that it was sold out. So my mom knew I wanted that album really bad. So in place of it, she bought me Merry Christmas. And the next day I got Daydream. So technically my first album was Merry Christmas, but I always say Daydream. Anyway, I remember hearing it and seeing it at my grandparents' house because we used to spend every Christmas there in Charleston, South Carolina with my grandparents. And they had this big, like, old school, like, 90s TV down in their, like, den living room where the Christmas tree and everything was. And they would play MTV. So on Christmas Day back in the day in 1994 or 95, they would always play Christmas music videos all day long. And I remember seeing, vaguely remember seeing the All I Want for Christmas video. So that's very nostalgic to me. Yeah, I love everything about this song. It's my favorite number one. I also love this song because she says my name in it. <laughs> I always love that about this song as well. And yeah, so not a lot of lambs can say that Mariah sings their name in a song. So that that's really special to me. This is also my favorite number one from Mariah. And it wasn't my favorite number one until 2019 when it went number one for the first time. That was such an incredible moment for me as a lamb. It was one of those lamb memories I'll never, ever forget. And that's when it became my favorite number one because of the story I just told as it being my first technical Mariah album. And then seeing the growth through all these years for it to finally go number one. So those are my favorite memories of All I Want for Christmas is You. What about you guys? I mean, obviously, I've said before, I didn't really jump on the lamb train properly until 1999. That goes up there with Beauty School Dropout, blah, blah, blah. I've said it so many times. But like, obviously, I was keeping my head to the ground from 1993, like really um, intrigued by her. Didn't know this song was by her at all. So it was kind of like 
an epiphany when I realized this song was by like, oh God, of course. Like, you know, because when I was a kid, we had all these CDs and cassettes, even vinyls. We had this really big chock-a-block kind of demonstration piece of kit that played mainly vinyls and cassettes. But then we had a separate device that played uh, like a hi-fi stereo that played CDs and cassettes. So we were chopping and changing from each one playing everything that we could that was Christmas while putting up the Christmas tree. We were talking about Nick's tree last week with the different colored lights. We had the um, different colored old fashioned kind of lights that you had in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And it gives me proper nostalgic vibes of all that, putting up the Christmas tree, dragging the Christmas decorations out of the attic, you know, um, Christmas Christmas presents piling up underneath the tree. And I think looking back now, as an adult, I was so obsessed with songs like Darling Loves, Baby, Please Come Home, The Renette Sleigh Ride, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, and of course, Felice Taylor's It May Be Winter Outside. Now, I feel like All I Want For Christmas Is You kind of got caught up in them eventually when it was out there. And I was what, like seven, nearly, no, I was eight, nearly nine years old when this song came out. And I was obsessed with the other songs I just mentioned. So when this came out, I it just sort of fell into the spectrum. And I I didn't know whether this was the original or or what. Like I just I I just discovered this song and it was just sort of like background play, you know, as I don't know what I was doing at that age, but like it gives me those warm feelings of when we approach autumn, when we're approaching Christmas and, you know, it starts to get dark outside and colder and you've been wrapped up in your winter coat, scarf, your hat, all those things. And, you know, the spectacularity of Christmas starts to seep in. It is all my childhood memories, nostalgia combined. And it, it, it just fills me up with so much warmth, so much love. And then later on, when I discovered that it was because again when I found out it was her a couple of years later probably about five years later I thought it was a cover and then I realized shortly after when I started to really tap into Mariah Carey properly fully that it wasn't a cover and it was her song so it just fills me with so much joy now on so many levels because of that I think that's an interesting point that you just made thinking that it was a cover because you were not alone in that because I thought the same thing as well. Right. And this is before like I was like really obsessed with Mariah. So I always thought it was a cover. Maybe the first three or four years is that when I became a lamb because this is like pre-internet time or at mm-hmm. the birth of internet. And it's not like you could just Google shit. Like I didn't know, like you had to read shit and like read it in magazines and figure this shit out but I always thought it was a cover as well yeah at this time as well like internet was probably more informative like you you could probably I don't know I don't think you could have like re- even then you could not have researched this anywhere on the internet this was literally like pulling out magazines asking people it was it sounds so old-fashioned now literally opening your cd and reading the crap uh, yes like- I mean, I'm, I'm all for that, even these days. Like, I love that kind of moment. Who wrote it? Who produced it? Who's on the backing vocals? Who did the vocal arrangement? You know, I'm all about that shit. So how about you, Gia? So when I was growing up, every year around Christmas time, my whole family, uh, my parents and my two sisters 
we would get in the car and turn on the cha- the radio station 100.3 WNIC. And once like November hit or like after Thanksgiving, they would only play Christmas songs and we would listen to it to the radio and drive around and look at the Christmas lights. And sometimes there would be like Christmas drive through like light show set up spectacular bitch i love those shits those are so nostalgic as well yeah and i remember driving through i thought it was called domino's farms i'm not sure if they if it was domino's farms because that there is a farm in the city that i live at called domino's farms it's like kind of like a hospital but there's also a farm and there's this barn and i just i don't know if it's this place but i just remember driving through I was a kid you guys I was so young I was born in 1996 this had to been maybe like early 2000s or something who knows I was very very young it's one of my first memories as a kid um I remember driving through this barn that was like lit up with like Christmas lights and trees and fake reindeer and things were moving and um there was like a drawbridge kind of thing with lights suspending it. It was just like, I don't even know how to describe everything that was there. There was tinsel. I don't know. It was insane. And I just remember hearing the song, All I Want for Christmas is You in that moment. And I remember that me and my sisters, we would sing the background vocals, the end we all would do that and then everyone would sing the all I want for Christmas is you you know we would everyone would sing I don't know I just remember we would always do that my big songs were um Whitney Houston's do you hear what I hear and then like everyone's everyone had their own favorite songs so this was just one that we all sang along to I'm sure my dad didn't but I remember all of us girls singing along to it anyway but yeah that's my first memory of it and then what else other memories I have I remember streaming of course the fuck out of it what we'll talk about that more later but in 2019 I had a lot of memories with all I want for Christmas is you I remember uh after I had become a huge lamb telling people in 2019 like no this girl wrote this song like it's never been number one before honey like get your facts straight darling um but yeah yeah I've argued I've even argued with my dad because he was like she didn't write that that's been out for years he's my dad said the same thing yeah he's older than me and I'm like no honey that came out in the 90s it's been, but I wrote the song All I Went for Christmas. Yes, and you need to remind people that because the kids out there have to be re-educated well, Even sometimes. the adults have no idea. Like, a lot of them are, like, that never heard of me, and then they heard the song All I Went for Christmas. They thought it was an older song, like, from the 1950s or something that I just remade. But This song means the most to me. It's a great song, and I know that I have shaded the fact that it is so like massive and such a huge part of her career now so much later not like shaded but been like salty about like not getting new music and her just promoting Christmas this is the crown jewel in her discography I think this is probably her biggest song ever this is the song she's going to be most remembered for absolutely this is going to be that song I think for her 
I want to harp back a little bit again with us saying, all saying, like, we thought it was a cover and how this song just, it like kind of snuck in to the classic Christmas canon soundtrack of our lives. Like, it's almost I like thought the- this song was one of those songs, like one of the classic Christmas songs. Exactly. It just, it has that perfection to it that when you hear it, it's just like, it's like they said in that, the story of All I Want for Christmas video, he said, um, it's like a song that you think you've heard before, but you hadn't. But how Walter A. engineered that song and made it so catchy, it just became like an instant classic. People didn't know it, but they knew it, if that makes sense. Yeah. The song has like rock and roll and almost like 12 bar blues. Not quite a 12. If you listen to a 12 bar blues rhythm, it kind of has that the dun 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 dun. It kind of has that, but then it runs through the whole song, but it has that classic rock and roll thing, but then it has also on top of it this ridiculously energetic piano that just takes you somewhere else and obviously we all know about the inspiration behind it like the phil specter inspiration especially from a christmas gift for you album but the wall of sound the wall of sound as well and it's just like it became something else like it all about the christmas issue becomes its own machine or christmas's machine in a way like it's it's kind of it is mariah carey's song but at the same time like it's the christmas machine because it's become like the driving force yeah it's got all of that with it that's so nostalgic it's got so much energy in there now as well background gospel sounding background vocals for christmas that's obviously a must and then she's done her vocals like she's double tracked her vocals it kind of makes it sound like it's an old analog recording like if the, if you've listened to any acapella versions on youtube because there's plenty you can hear it and when you think about people like dusty springfield or the runettes when they used to perform on television way back in the day they weren't singing to a backing track this was pretty much vocals were, were live no one lip-synced back then so you could always hear that there was sort of like a boxiness to the vocals and i feel like they every every little aspect of this that they put in they weren't playing around like they really took note and they made sure that everything was adhered to in order to create this kind of classic song and it it sounds so familiar yet it sounds like nothing in particular that's perfectly put that's perfectly put i think what mariah was trying to do was she was trying to mimic the ronettes and this might be an unpopular opinion, but and I know Darlene. Love song. I, I know Darlene is not going to like what I'm about to say, but Mariah did it better. She did. She did. She, she perfected took, it. She took Christmas baby, please come home, and turned it into a more Christmassy song. She took their formula and polished it up, or Walter A did, which made it into almost perfection. Yeah, I know. I just said that, but like, I guess that's the closest thing that all I want for Christmas is you could be she she has baby please come home and i feel like her baby please come home yes like you just said it's so much more it it adds life to the original yes but then i feel like 
You know when you're a kid and you play with a toy and then you get bored of that toy, you put it away, you play with a new toy. That's what's happened with Baby Please Come Home. Everyone loves Darlene Love's version. Yes, it's 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 great. But Mariah has done a Baby Please Come Home off the back of All I Want For Christmas Is You. It's on the album. And therefore, I feel like that's what we're playing with now. Okay. So with that, I think we should get into a general history of All I Want For Christmas Is You. And it's growth since its release. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah, I'm ready. So Mariah was asked by Tommy to record a Christmas album after her third crazy massive studio album, Music Box. Mariah was hesitant to do it, but to this day, she still credits Tommy for pushing her to do Merry Christmas. All I Want for Christmas is You was the first Christmas song that Mariah ever wrote. It was recorded in August of 1994 at the Hit Factory in New York City. And Mariah has been quoted in saying that All I Want for Christmas is You was written in 15 minutes. We have to give Tommy his flowers. What flowers? Of forcing Mariah to record this album. A bouquet of dandelions. Uh. (laughs) I mean... Thanks, Tommy. Okay, bye. (laughs) I mean, in a way, I like the fact that she is thankful. She doesn't dismiss anything. She's And even when she talks about Walter, she doesn't dismiss anything. She does tiptoe around it very eloquently, the same way she does with Tommy. And I think that credit where credit is due, she does this very well. And yeah, she is very graceful about it. But yeah. like she like she is right. Like if it wasn't for Tommy Matola's idea for her to do this Christmas album, we may never have all I want for Christmas is you. Exactly. We wouldn't have it. Like it's and yeah, imagine- that's insane. And I like how humble she is is to be like, we have to give thanks to Tommy for this. Well, we also have to give thanks to her for going ahead and doing it. I mean, if you think about it, we got to give thanks to Walter A as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. but I just feel like when we start talking about Tommy as much in it, it just reminds me of how it makes, how he used to feel like, oh, I'm the reason you're like so successful and stuff like that. And then it just makes me feel like I don't think he should be like so, so, so attached to the Christmas thing now, especially because she's taken it and turned it into something else like something bigger like yes right like i'm grateful that he like pushed her to do a christmas album and stuff like that but what she has done with it is her own doing you know like it's it's gotten bigger so many years later i think well one because it's so amazing and it's so flawless and effortless and it's completely classic in every way but because she's pushed it and made it this giant beast of a thing that she has become the entire queen of Christmas off of the back of it. And she wasn't that when it came out and Tommy didn't make her the queen of Christmas. You know, she is the queen of Christmas. Mariah is the queen of Christmas. I'm not negating all of Mariah's hard work to get all I want for Christmas is you to where it's at today. I'm just saying Tommy Matola is responsible for the in, the birth of that song. Yeah, and what I mean, Mariah did after with the song is on Mariah. I'm not giving the credit to Tommy Matola. I'm just saying, like, if it wasn't for him, yeah, it well, would I, never. We've never have it. He he just birthed it, and Mariah raised it. 
that's the best way I can yeah, put it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. She made it what it, he gave her the inspiration. He planted the seed and she nurtured it into a tree. Yeah, she yeah. planted the and seed. Is a single she, mom. She birthed it. He planted the seed and she birthed it. But what and I will she's say, she's a single mom now. What I will say is <laughs> that we've said before on the podcast, even going way back to the 2020 days and uh, when we weren't a podcast, I stand by this. And I will thank Tommy for this mainly is the fact that we had a very typical kind of vocalist, even though she wrote her own lyrics, she was a powerhouse of a vocalist. We had a few of them at the time. Not everybody wrote their own lyrics and she was something special. Yes, but she was in a bit of a mold and I felt like Merry Christmas and the whole Christmas thing at that time in 1994 was the perfect bookend to utilize what else can we do with this particular moment. After that, she started to incorporate her own culture, her own influences, everything that she was inspired by and started to stitch towards R&B. So for that, yes, I will thank Tommy for helping steer Mariah in the right direction. Well, I even think that the Merry Christmas album is like very gospel and R&B. Like, I feel like it's like even before Daydream, like we didn't get like really amazing, amazing background vocals till this album. I mean, we got it on a few songs here and there. Yeah, like mainly Anytime You Need a Friend at the moment comes to memory. Oh, yeah. And that's Melanie Daniels on that, too. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. Like really, they they really went for it. Like everything that we've tried to do, let's really go for it on this Christmas album. And then she could do, I felt like it gave her the, the not the strength, but the, the, what's the word? The, a bit more leniency to creative control, even though obviously he was still pulling the strings, but she could still push through a little bit and fall through the wire with certain things of what she wanted certain records to sound like. And if we'd have just got a regular studio album after Music Box, if it didn't live up to Music Box, would that have then meant her being dropped by the label and her just being his wife? Like, how would her career have gone? So in a way, it kind of did stop everybody in the tracks. It's a good bookend onto the next chapter. And it, it, I don't want to reference this person, but like it kind of created a little bit of a reinvention, like a bit of a Madonna moment. Like right now, after this, I can definitely do what I fucking want to do. I also think that this, the Merry Christmas album and All I Want for Christmas is You were like happy mistakes for Mariah. It's not like Mm. Tommy and Mariah knew what this was going to do, but they mixed together such a good collaboration of people and background singers and everything. And it just became what it became. It's not like they knew it was going to be this. It does make me wonder what a 40 something year old man is thinking what the end result would look like after this. Like you've got a what 23, 24 year old woman and yes, she's got all these little influences that run in and out of her music and stuff. And then to do a Christmas album, like, what's that going to look like after that Christmas album? Like, was he thinking like that? Where's she going to be in another five years after this? Another 10 years? Like, was was it was that the goal? Or was it just like, we need to do this now. Let's get it out. Money, money, money. Probably just well, like, that's what it really was. Money, money, money. But yeah, I it was smart as fuck. Really smart. No, wait, because he said, or Mariah said back in the day, you did a Christmas album at the end of your career to like yeah. finish a contract or something. So I feel like it's so smart because she's still so young, so fresh into her career. 
the songs that she puts out for her Christmas album, by the time she's like at the end of her career and all of that, these songs have aged and become a part of the classic Christmas canon that she becomes literally the face of Christmas by the time she's not even like an old person ready to release the first Christmas album. And extend the legacy almost. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I don't think they were thinking that. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know, girl. But I don't think like, how can you predict that? Yeah, exactly. He's no Nostradamus, bitch. Like, he, <laughs> like he was a, he was a businessman. But like thinking about how the music scene was back in 1994 and CDs everywhere, who would have ever predicted that the music industry would be what it is today? Like, I know, I sure he was thinking money. Let's capitalize on her while she's big. Hmm. But I don't think that they thought this was going to be some like long-standing career-defining moment for Mariah. I also, don't know. Also, as well, from a competitor analysis point of view, like if if your competitors are Whitney and Celine, who haven't put out a Christmas album at this stage, that's also another thing. Let's get there first. I mean, I don't know. Like she was young, she knew exactly what music was appealing to her generation. So, and she's saying like people did that at the end of the career or when the career was dying out or when they're trying to get out of a record deal, blah, blah, blah. But like, I feel like he was looking at it from business and money and a competitor well, analysis. Yeah. Nobody else of of her talent had done In this her yet. lane. Yeah, in yeah. her lane had done this yet. I can hear, I, I can, I can hear. I can <laughs> see him thinking, okay, like trying to think strategically with stuff. Like how about, I mold Mariah into like something, a standard, like, and let's have her release a Christmas. Let's do something different and have her release a Christmas album early in her career and see if other people follow suit, which they did. So it was very a smart business move on him. But again, I don't think that they were thinking this was going to be what it is today. But I see what he was thinking business wise and money wise and strategically. Well, I think he was just. At this point, remember, this is Sing Sing. Like, they're trying to pump out albums. And back then, Mariah was doing it like Taylor Swift and Ariana. She yeah, was this, busting this out was the This was the peak album. of Sing Sing. I think we should have a conclusion, though, to that but maybe... bleak conversation. It wasn't that bleak. Wait, why was it bleak? Because uh, we got into Tommy and all yeah, that but, shit. But it, it's actually oh, but that's okay. Triumphant. He's part of the story. He's part of the story. She came out on top. She was emancipated. And now she's constantly working each Christmas because of it. Okay, so the Wikipedia description of All I Want for Christmas Is You is... All I Want for Christmas Is You is a song recorded by American singer Mariah Carey for her fourth studio album and first holiday album, Merry Christmas. Written and produced by Carey and Walter A., the song was released as the lead single from the album album on October 29, 1994. We just had an anniversary with that shit. The track is an up-tempo love song that includes bell chimes, backing vocals, and synthesizers. The song has become a Christmas standard and continues to surge in popularity each holiday season. So now we're going to move on to our next segment, which is Gia's All I Want for Christmas is You, dramatic read-through of the lyrics. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you. <laughs> I wanted to go dong, 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 dong. <laughs> Stop, you guys. 
I just want you for my own. <laughs> More than you could ever know. More than you could ever know. <laughs> Make my wish come true. All I remember Christmas is you. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. And you guys are killing me. You don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I don't need to hang my stocking there upon the fireplace. Santa Claus won't make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day. I just want you for my own more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. I won't ask for much this Christmas. I won't even wish for snow. And I, I'm just going to keep on waiting underneath the mistletoe. I won't make a list and send it to the North Pole for St. Nick. There's Nick. your name, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even stay awake to hear those magic reindeer click. Because I just want you here tonight, holding on to me so tight. What more can I do? Oh, baby, all I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you baby oh oh all the lights are shining so brightly everywhere so brightly baby <laughs> and, the, and the sound of children's laughter fills the air and everyone is singing oh yeah i hear those sleigh bells ringing <laughs> Santa, won't you bring me the one I really need? Oh, yeah, oh, won't you please bring my baby to me? <laughs> oh, I don't want a lot for Christmas. This is all I'm asking for. I just want to see my baby standing right outside my door. Oh, I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. Oh, baby, all I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. All I want for Christmas is you, baby. All I want for Christmas is you, baby. You forgot the one is, one is, one is. <laughs> no, I think that that's what that last one was, but like oh. they're layered on top of each other. Yeah. So obviously, when I was reading it like that, you can't hear all the background vocals and everything layered on top of each other but but that single is coming out on the 1st of december so good i think we killed that you guys that was cute right (laughs) that was pretty cute yes sleigh bells (laughs) sleigh bells ring in (laughs) slay all the bells (laughs) oh my god Do you remember this song? (laughs) That was messy as hell. Oh, I should have added it. Do you remember this song? (laughs) Girl, I want to add, though, she doesn't want a toy from Santa. Like, come on. No, No, she doesn't want, she doesn't want snow from Santa. She doesn't want a toy from Santa. She, she won't stand under the mistletoe. She doesn't care, honey. She's been a good girl and she, all she wants is you. What what if, what if it's a toy from (laughs) adamandeve.com? 
oh my god you are making this episode so messy uh, no we're just sexualizing all i want for christmas i think that is what it's about a little bit not no, like that. not a toy it's <laughs> i mean it's it new is... mariah conspiracy <laughs> it's written in a way that's like a letter to santa we've all written one come on we know what that's like so it is written in that same structure it's basically saying that the material stuff that's associated with christmas um as she very cleverly references it it doesn't matter just as long as the person that she's missing or that she's lost can come home and i do like the references there's it's not a christmas song without these references she she cleverly places them it's like a kaleidoscope of christmas references and they are placed with nostalgic childhood yet sad subject matter moment so we've all had moments where we've had to dump or be dumped we've all had moments where we are warm and fuzzy about christmas like we've just said and this is the perfect like combination that ties it ties everything together well yeah because the first icon i mean the iconic intro of the song is pretty diva and girl there is nothing like the intro of all i want for christmas is you with those vocals they are unmatched when she goes up into that voice break and then hits that make my wish come true and then goes down into the all i want for christmas is you and she hits that run and then she when she says you and hits that for a long time Mm. and then you hear everything pop off and then it turns into the jingle like it is like the modern day jingle bells like it is like the Mm -hmm. song it is christmas like this song is christmas like (laughs) it's once it starts it does not stop and it it goes the the lyric read through literally had nothing on the actual moment of going in and listening to that song because as soon as you hear that twinkle of the what Mm. is it I mean, it sounds like a bell. It's supposed to sound like a bell, but it's the synthesizer, right? It's not real. I'm but... not quite sure what exact instrument it is. I think it it's was the... supposed to be a xylophone. It's the keyboard, though. Yeah, she wrote it on a Casio keyboard, she said. So I don't know. But yeah. as soon as you hear those notes, you know it's about to go down. She... There's the dramatic intro. She busts it out. And then the song pops off and carries you through all of those moments that you were talking about, Gareth. She intertwines it with Christmas and the spectacular of the background vocals and which everyone wants to hit when you're doing a karaoke. Have you ever seen, have you ever gone out and people sing karaoke to this? I live in a college town and even in the summer, I've gone to a bar, Skeeps. This is disgusting. Never go there, you guys. It's ratchet. These gr- it was the middle of summer. These three girls went up there and everyone got down to All I Want for Christmas is You in the middle of the summer. I've sung at karaoke before at a, a work Christmas party and I got so drunk and I hooked up, hooked up with this random guy. I'll never forget that night. I've never I was, sung karaoke. I felt nasty. And so you I've should. only done it one time. <laughs> I've never sung karaoke. I don't I don't even think I ever would. I don't even ever dare, especially while drunk. You could kill it. You would kill it. I've only done it one time and I had to drink. I had to have a few splashes. Yeah, I was stupid drunk. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I got way I remember I felt like shit for two or three days after that. Like it was bad. I got too drunk. Mm, don't know. I got sang, Gareth sang drunk. <laughs> hmm. All right. So the song became a global success, topping the charts in 26 countries, including Australia. 
Canada, France, and Germany. In 2019, it topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 for the first time, 25 years after its original release, thereby breaking several records, including the longest trip to number one. The following year, it also topped the charts in the U.K. for the first time, spending a record 69 weeks in its top 40 prior to reaching number one. Within an estimated sales of 16 million copies worldwide, All I Want for Christmas is You is the best-selling holiday song by a female artist and one of the best-selling physical singles in music history. The song is certified diamond by the RIAA, denoting sales of 10 million copies in the United States, becoming the first and only holiday song to accomplish this feat. By 2017, it had reportedly earned $60 million in royalties. It has become the first holiday ringtone to be certified double platinum by the Recording Industry Association, additionally of songs recorded before the year 2000. It is the best-selling digital single by a woman, as well as the overall best-selling holiday digital single of all time. You know, I think it's I think it's made even more. I think it's made 70 million. Yeah, because that's saying in 2017, by 2017, it had made 60 million dollars. Can you imagine making 60 million dollars off of one song? Period, bitch. Get that bag. (laughs) (laughs) She better get that bag, girl. Absolutely. Come on, Mariah. Yes. But what I will say from a UK lamb point of view, yes, we did get it in the UK. It was released very late. So it was released on the 10th of December, 1994. Very late in comparison to the US. Because I feel like you got it in October, right? October 29th, 1994. That's crazy. Like, so back in the day when it was like at number two, it was on the on, it spent on the charts 116 weeks coming down. But then obviously 26 years later, for two weeks, it was at number one. It was Mariah Carey's third number one. It was her first original number one in the UK before she'd had two others that were covers and it had the most streams in 2020. And I'm not sure if that's the impact from the pandemic or the special. Probably not so much the special, but I feel like that might have given it a, a final boost. And that happened the same year, right? It happened um, the year, the following year. So, oh, okay, in 2020. Oh, I remember oh, no. that. Okay. No, you're right. You're I right. remember when it, it did go number, I went the number one the year after we got it number yes, one in the no, USA, Yes, no, Gia was right. Yeah, yeah Gia was right. Because we were hanging out and in stuff, 2020. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Damn, a couple of years ago. We have been we have been on Instagram for years now. Instagram. I um, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, it's currently back in the UK charts now at number 56, which isn't that great right now, but we're still I think we're at no- in November. <laughs> what is Nick? I what think, are we at right now? I really I think we're been. in the 80s. I think it's either 82 or 89. Yeah, she'll get there. she's gonna get there you're gonna overtake yeah this. she just she's she's hiking her way up that little christmas mountain right now <laughs> yeah. she, she, she'll be coming around honey she's yeah. here everybody's scared and then Mariah just takes over the charts for four or five weeks yeah uh i know i hope it's another triumphant thing for her this year she it needs to be milked as much as possible while it's still at the top of its hype so no that's good and for the uk 56 the fact that we're doing a little bit better than the us that's that's a good sign i do feel like you will overtake but as long as she gets in the top 10 with it again this year i'll be happy well let's talk about the the road to number one that it had where it started and where it charted from and how it got to number one throughout the years 
In the United States, in the first week of January 1995, All I Want for Christmas is You peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot Adult Contemporary and number 12 on the Hot 100 Airplay chart. The song plays on these two charts again in December 1995 and in December 1996. The song was ineligible for inclusion on the Billboard Hot 100 during its original release because it was not released commercially as a single in any physical format. The rule lapsed in 1998, however, allowing the song to chart on the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 83 in January 2000. The song topped the Billboard Hot Digital Songs chart in December of 2005, but it was unable to attain a new peak on the Billboard Hot 100 chart because it was considered a recurrent single and was thus ineligible for chart reentry. Every December from 2005 to 2008, the song topped the Billboard Hot 100 recurrence chart. In, in 2012, after the recurrent rule was revised to allow all songs in the top 50 in the Billboard Hot 100 chart, the single re-entered the chart at number 29 and peaked at number 21 for the week ending in January 5th, 2013. In December 2017, the song reached number 9 on the Billboard Hot 100, giving Carrie her 28th top 10 song in the country, her first since Obsessed in 2009. All I Want for Christmas is You subsequently rose to number three on the chart on January 5th, 2019, becoming the second holiday track to reach its top five after the Chipmunk song, Christmas Don't Be Late. It returned to its number three hot 100 peak on the chart on December 14th, 2019. On the chart dated December 21st, 2019, All I Want for Christmas is You topped the Hot 100 for the first time in the United States with 45.6 million streams and 27,000 digital sales sold. It reached the top spot after 35 cumulative weeks on the chart, making it the slowest climb to the top spot in the chart history, surpassing the Macarena. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> There were so many numbers in it. And it was... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and there were lots of O's and N's. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. <laughs> <laughs> so let's discuss the 2019 moment and how it made us feel. Because to me, this moment is... I think I said it earlier. This is my favorite moment in Mariah's career ever as a lamb. Because it was such a full circle moment. To get a number one after when was her last number one before that? Touch my was it body. my all? No, touch my body. To not have a number one for ten years and to get to like experience that feeling again when Mariah went number one that I had so many times when I was a teenager. Yeah. It was such a special moment for me, and I will never forget it. And it made it reinvigorated my love for Mariah because I was I felt like I was like slipping out of it with Mariah because we had just gotten out of the nightmare era. Mariah canceled that Christmas concert I was supposed to go to. Mariah just kept letting me down. So like when this happened, it was everything to me. It How felt, about y'all? It felt like a return to form. It felt like after the few years we just got, it felt like, okay, our artist is back. Like, she's had a bit of a messy moment, not quite sure even still what that was, but, like, even now, it's just like, yeah, okay, we got her back. It's kind of like the return home. It was so good. I mean, we didn't get it at number one in 2019, but... 
we got a little Christmas moment too with the repackaging of the album with all the extra songs on and blah, blah, blah. It was what it was. But then the number one I felt in America was the biggest thing, even here in the UK. I was so happy. I thought, okay, she's got a 19th number one. And it didn't matter to me what song it was like as a 19th number one. That was what every lamb wanted for years. They were but, like, but yes, 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 for years. One. Um, it was it, it, for me especially. It felt great because I wanted an album so bad, and I wanted her to be big again, like the Emancipation of Mimi. Because if you guys have listened, you guys know I became a lamb in the Nightmare Era. So when Caution came out, I was hoping something big would happen with that, but it really didn't give me that moment for her to feel like, oh, okay, she is that queen. She is the one who has the 18 number ones. Now she is 19. But back then, like, I would just use, like, her chart success and all her accolades as, like, my defense for loving her because everyone made fun of me for how much I loved her. And then once she went number one in the United States in 2019, I felt sigh of relief because I felt like I didn't have to justify my love for her as much anymore or like fight as hard. Like I, I streamed the hell out of that song that year though. Oh my God. Oh my God. The streaming was unreal. (laughs) That was insane that year. Like, and that's why, that's partially why I was like overdid it for a while on, on that stuff. And like how you were talking about Nick, how this is, this sort of situation made you like get fall in love more with Mariah this was the part for me where I started to be like okay I feel like I've overdone it with Mariah and I'm kind of like no I need to slow down and I'm backing away from Mariah because also I was living with this guy at the time who I really really like thought that it was like gonna work out and stuff and it just like ended really badly in 2020 and Mariah well Mariah did help me get through that but after that that's when I really fell out with Mariah but me overdoing it with that Christmas in particular in 2019. I was just like, I need to devote myself to her so hard and stuff like that. Since then, that really burned me out. It really burned me out. It's totally separate for me because what it did, it brought me back to when I was like 12 and 13 and 14 when Mariah was getting these number ones all the time and how I would go out and purchase the physical single. So it kind of brought me back to my childhood to get to relive that again and help Mariah get number one by these alleged signed singles, these real no, alleged signed great. singles. That in the moment, it was amazing. It all felt great. She was I cried, bitch. She, then she was at Madison Square Garden that year, too, and she sold out that year as well. I felt so proud of her then, too, because the, the day after she had her Madison Square Garden show, it went to number one. Yeah, and it was I like was, a storybook. It was like fairy tales and everything. Like, that was my first Christmas ever by myself. So, like, having that happen that year... It brought so much joy and such a joyless Christmas for me. So it's one that I'll never forget. Like, I literally cried. I left my Christmas lights up all year, like a strand of Christmas lights, just in celebration of it going number one. I was so proud of Mariah. I, it's the most proud I've ever been. My, my, that, that year that you're describing is 2020 for me. Like, she really came through for me in 2020. Like, 
I loved the Christmas she did in 2020. And then like Gareth and I going live and all of that stuff that we did back in the day during Christmas time. That was a really festive Christmas. We don't get enough. I think it's because our old Instagram got deleted, but we don't get enough love about the Christmas we had two years ago in 2020. We made Christmas so festive, even though that was like the worst time ever. And it was like, all we had was like Mariah and our Christmas, like, and each other, you know, like it was, it felt really good that year. Also went number one that year too. So. (laughs) It went number one here too as well. But no, like, I feel like in 2019, I was rooting for, especially after before, I did get a little bit hopeful when I don't got released. I still like I Don't. I know it's not the strongest lead single, but I kind of felt like... Girl, what? I'm bringing up I Don't in the All I Want. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'm only bringing it up because of the time it got released and where we were heading. And so I felt like, okay, so could something else be coming? And nothing did. And it just got a lot of, like... It just got really messy. So I kind of thought, okay, well, what's happening? And I kind of did not sign out a little bit. I just thought, okay, well, I'm not here for what's happening. I don't want a few singles. But then we got the star and bits. Caution is like, to me, Caution is like her charm bracelet. And then um, her being becoming the queen of Christmas is like her being re-emancipated. Like, it's like. The oh second. my god, bitch, I was just thinking that. Like before you even said it, it's like we have ESP or something, ESPN or something. That's so that's so crazy. But you have to think about it. Like we, Mariah pulled us through such a shitty period yeah, through yeah, the yeah, nightmare area. So when Mariah was able to go number one after 25 years it just made me feel like okay she still got it like she's still there she still has that star power like I was nothing surprised me with Mariah anymore because Mariah was always doing these crazy things like going number one after 25 years like I keep going back to nostalgia so like when I would think about it like I would have never thought like when I was a newer land that 25 years later, I would be celebrating a song that came out right when I became a lamb. So it was so it and the growth of it, like to watch it grow from literally nothing to like around 2009, 2010, people were really saying this is a staple to where it ended up at. I would have never thought that ever in my life exactly it felt more like just a nostalgic moment like and so when it built up and built up and built up and then like we got that shitty little moment yeah fine whatever it was what it was and then i felt like this is a return to form and i felt it's so deserved because all about the christmas issue has popped up every single every single christmas pretty much and it had its moment where it was just like okay it's mariah's christmas song it's huge yeah okay fine people know it people love it people think it's a cover it's not a cover it was that 50 50 thing all the time and then when it started to actually take its own well grow its own legs and be a a, a massive uh, huge machine I just thought okay this has got to go somewhere and it just felt like it wasn't but then number one I just thought even in the US I felt like okay thankfully she's got a 19th number one it's long overdue and it should have happened years ago like why didn't it happen years ago but I felt so happy I didn't even care about over here because obviously it's a bit of a lost cause over here We're, we're we're clearly album buyers over here and don't forget the build-up every year it got closer and closer to number one like one year it was like number three and it didn't make it but it almost did like Mm. lambs were pushing for this shit for years like for years this was yeah but then 
but then they finally it's like and that's another cool thing that happened is that the lamely with all the like craziness in the lamely i'm sorry but a lot of y'all out there are crazy as fuck but like <laughs> They all came together and made it happen. It wasn't like a, a justice for the wind or justice for the rainbow interlude moment. Because, you know, them lambs have a justice movement for every fucking song that Mariah's ever released. Anyway, they literally came together for to bring this number one. And I, I felt like it was going to happen. And it was amazing. I don't even feel like it was even up there with justice for glitter. Like, I feel like all of them. No, but that happened the same year. I think the justice. I think the justice for glitter movement or whatever is what gave the lambs the confidence to make this go number one and yeah. buy a hundred and buy a hundred of those uh, allegedly real signed singles and buy all that merch to just get it to number one. They were out there buying it on iTunes ten times over. Like Mariah's team was. They did. This is. One of the few times that I can say that Mariah's team did a really good job with that rollout of that. That was just the best Christmas. I mean, no, they, 2020, so- 2020, she came through for us in 2020. I think that 2020 was a more polished off version of 2019. Um, even though we couldn't get like a, a Madison Square Garden performance, you know, because the quarantine and shit. But 2019, I feel like caution gave her the moment to be like, okay, I'm going to become the queen of Christmas. 2019 is like, okay, bitch, I have become the queen of Christmas. 2020 is like, bitch, you better bow down because you already know who's the queen of Christmas. You know what I mean? Like she came, I think 2020, but 2019, she, she did get her ass to number one in 2019. She, she brought her ass there. Yes. 2019, she became the queen of Christmas. I think. To me, it kind of like just felt inevitable. Like when we got there with the 2019 number one in the US, I just thought, okay, this is something that's been bubbling for so long. And now we're here. And it was a sigh of relief. And of course, the following year, like didn't expect it. And we got everything that you've just explained in 2020. And it was just like, you know, all the MC30 releases, we got the rarities and we got the Christmas special. And then all of a sudden in the UK, all about the Christmas issue goes to number one. It's just like, Oh my god! Like it yeah, because felt then it's going, so good. It's going number one in different countries at the same time around the world. Yeah, but the thing is, lambs, especially mainly lambs in this country, have probably wanted this for a long time. Like long-standing lambs, like myself, and people longer than me. You know, they're awesome. That probably wanted more songs to go to number one. Even later on, like I, I thought, why have more songs not gone to number one? And then when she's released other singles from albums since I became a lamb, like I've just thought, okay, this could be great. This could be great, and it's just not done it. And like you see, you see the climb in the charts and everything. You see her on all the TV shows and stuff. Like back then, and you think, okay, it's going to go to number one. It just, it just didn't. Even We Belong Together went to number two and she cancelled her whole promotional tour after that. It was probably after the Live 8 mm. performance. And it was such a shame because it, it wasn't even like a thing like in America where Shake It Off was being kept from the number one spot because We Belong Together with somebody else. I think it was Ghetto Gospel by Tupac and Elton John back then that kept Mariah off the number one spot. So it was a bit shitty because that song's nice. It wasn't great, 
And I feel like We Belong Together could have gone to number one. And it, it deserved to. Everyone loves that song over here. We're now at a point, though, that where we expect it to go number one each year. I'm always like, when is the shoe going to drop kind of person? Then I think, well, like, when is it going to be the year that it's not going to go number one? And what will that year be like? And it's yeah. going to be year, weird. She got cut off for one week by Taylor Swift. Remember, lambs were very pissed about it. Do you remember that? No. I can't stand Taylor Swift. Are you guys kidding? You don't remember last year? She cut off Mariah. I remember it. I remember it. I remember it. She put out her album right now, though. So I'm hoping she doesn't have another one. Maybe she's got a Christmas album. (laughs) I can't imagine Taylor Swift on a Christmas album. Like, I find find it. She has a Christmas song. She has a Christmas song. but I, I find hear most... it all the time. And I always say, Alexa, skip this song. I find most of Taylor Swift's music boring. She's basically a watered down version of Avril Lavigne. And she has one or two songs that are okay. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. That's nice. But I feel like it's, I don't even know how many albums she has, but I feel like I am probably a fan of four Taylor Swift songs across all Same. of her albums, apart from Same. whatever she's released since 2020. Like, she's like Adele to me. She's like overhyped and overplayed. All right, let's circle back to All I Want for Christmas yeah. is You. <laughs> so yeah, we expect it to go number one each year. And when will that year be where it's not number one? Yeah, no, we really, really got into that tangent because we were comparing it to what it's up against. Like each year, what is it up against? And I don't think Adele's a contender. Taylor Swift will be because she churns out albums like she probably goes to the toilet. So... Adele. Harry Styles. If Harry Styles dropped something at Christmas, he'd probably knock her out of the spot. I feel I'm like. I'm surprised ha- that Harry Styles is. A, he, I'm surprised he doesn't have a Christmas song. I, I feel bet like, that is his next move. Watch I, Gia <laughs> Nostra Gia just predicted this. I feel like, uh, what's his name? Harry Styles will fall into the same lane as Taylor Swift probably by next year. Like he'll probably drop something else and all of a sudden it will be, then there's this. And then the, then probably March the following year, there's another album. And then probably he by- doing that Because he just dropped an album and now bitch, he's been in like two movies. Like what yeah, are but- you doing? But the thing is, he's had an album, what, like every two years or every year or something, and he's been in movies in between. But I feel Yeah, like... but he's been in the top three for weeks here. Oh, really? For weeks. I've Months. not even looked at what he's doing over here, because I don't follow him. Like, there's a couple of songs I like, but literally, how many albums has he had? Like, two or three? I feel like I like... I think he has two. I like yeah, the, yeah, the one song. The last one, Fine Line. And then the new one. Yeah, I think I kind of remember what the name of this. The thing is, the song to me is not that memorable that I like. It's just when it comes on, it does fill me with a, um, a bit of joy. And I'm just like, this is a nice song. But it's not even like a huge song. I don't hear it anywhere else. So I'm not invested. I wasn't even invested in One Direction, but. Okay, we got to go back to All I Want for Christmas. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. So enough talk about other people. Who cares? Let's go into Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You music videos. There's six of them! <laughs> oh my God, there's six of them. <laughs> yes. There are 1,281.2 million views at the time of recording, with all videos combined. So where all shall six we? Of them. 
all six of them, yeah. So where should we start? <laughs> I th- it's probably best to start with the original, right? Yeah, so let's start with the original. Okay, so the OG, 732 million views. <laughs> I'm ready... <laughs> I'm ready for that year where it gets to 1 billion. It has to be coming up because it's getting almost like 100 million views each season. I don't get so why he's on there already. I think the next two years. Maybe. I think maybe in 2025 it'll go to 1 billion. hope so. So what are y'all's thoughts on this video? <laughs> How does it rank in your favorites out of the six? I, I want to say it's the best, but I feel like if I say it's the best, I'm coming from a point of because it's what we know. But it probably is the best, but just because of the the other version that we've got, which we'll discuss in a, a few moments, I feel like with, with all the footage that we have so far up to this point in 2022, this is probably the better calculated version of the footage they got. So I have to say from a commercial, probably non-LAM point of view, this is probably the best video because it caters to everybody who is a fan of Mariah, who is a fan of, oh, I like that song, I like that song. Oh, I do know that song, actually. And probably people that probably just like Christmas. It's the most nostalgic one to me. It's not my favorite one, but I do love this version. If I'm watching the video on YouTube, I will watch this one at least once. But It's um, it's a bit more authentic, I feel. Yeah. There's not really a theme to this video. She's just bouncing around in snow and everything. Yeah. So, So basically... The feel of this original video is there's images of her in the snow with like red snow pants and different ensembles and her dog Jack is in there and there's Santa Claus and there's mixed with home videos of her and her family decorating the tree and her playing with Jack as well. And then there's like weird images of like old Christmas decorations and stuff like (laughs) kind of zoomed in and out like kaleidoscopes and but what about that one decoration that's a pig and she keeps stabbing it what's going on with that doesn't she like stab a pillow or something like i thought it was like a little like christmas pig or something and she's like stabbing it with a pin or something i know you know what i'm talking about yeah there's some there's some weird images in the video (laughs) also speaking of weird don't forget don't forget that tommy matola is the santa claus in this video it's so weird that tommy's santa i don't even want to talk about that at all her hair is is like blown out and straightened and then curled which is like the peak of like white facing her like they make her look like like a little american girl doll and dress her up in these different ensembles like one of them isn't one of them like the iconic jumpsuit like the red jumpsuit. yes yes yeah i was thinking gia you should recreate that and wear that to the christmas concert bitch that would be crazy that would be iconic as fuck it would be hot as hell. I, I could see be. you in that iconic snowsuit. That snowsuit that Mariah is wearing in that video is iconic. It is an iconic Mariah image. I like the dress more. It'd be less hot. The dress with the, like, it looks like Mrs. Claus, a uh, Mrs. Claus dress. Or is that the, uh. the music video with the, um, it's in that music video too, right? Yeah. There's yeah, so yeah. many music videos of original footage that's cut in different ways, you guys. But the dress that's on the back of the the single cover yeah so the santa claus dress the mrs claus dress whatever you want to call it not the jumpsuit but the dress there's like two different ones 
Yeah. That might be cute. I feel like she'd be drawn to that. She'd be like, you're festive. I, I mean, maybe because it's just less hot than a jumpsuit, but I would totally wear a jumpsuit. Maybe if it was thin enough. All right. But anyway, it does feel very much like it's been captured on a a walk or a frolic with the dog in the snow. Like it does feel very natural, very authentic as well. She's as very VHS tape. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically just like home video with Pat and opening up with bunnies. And oh, yes. then it was like a behind the scenes, Merry Christmas photo shoot album shoot. And Mariah running around with Tommy Matola as Santa in the snow on a jet ski and rolling around in snow. So Everybody knows this video. Yeah. A, a snowmobile. She is, she looks so white and so like that because this was during the music box era that they filmed it and they filmed all this stuff before she even wrote the album. Remember? Yes. They filmed yes, all yes, of yes. Yeah. I've, filmed- I've heard her say that before. They, they went to go film before they even recorded because they needed the footage with the snow. So they just, that's why it's all like clipped together. Yeah. They, they, Tommy was like, we want this footage of you in the snow and all that. That's so, he had a plan, bitch. That's weird. But that's why she looks so music box in the video. All right, let's move on to the next video. This is the 60s version. I call it the forgotten all I want for Christmas is you video. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's that's it has, that's the one we forgot <laughs> yeah <laughs> it has 9.1 million views it's my least favorite out of all of these it's set in 1964 i do love all the hair in the video i must say i do love it especially the background singers the the background singers in this video are iconic i love the wigs i love the fits i noticed the background singers in the 60s version video more than i noticed mariah this video reminds me of like ariana grande's problem music video and i don't know why but i mean it was obviously done first but yeah i love the hair love it i do like the video I feel like it is perfect as a second alternative video to the original. There is a lot of distraction there with the background and Mariah's hair. Her hair is actually quite gloriously shiny in this. And I do like the fact that she's... (laughs) I do like the dancing and the little jigs and stuff. It's very, very Top of the Pops in the 1960s. And the go-go boots. Any videos from Top of the Pops in back, back, back in the day... It's very similar to this. I'm talking like Dusty Springfield, maybe Aretha Franklin, like Cilla Black, any of those people. It's very much similar. But and we haven't mentioned yet that it's black and white, right? We it, haven't. It's black. Exactly. And this and and Top of the Pops would have been black and white back in that. Top of the Pops was like goes back way, way, way far. It probably wasn't the inspiration behind the video, but I'm glad that she did pay a bit of homage to the whole Phil Spector era with this video. But I am also very grateful that it's not the only one yeah <laughs> yeah it is so cute though and i i do love that it's giving me such a motown vibe mm-hmm. it's it's adorable yeah. it's so cute but it isn't my favorite i don't know it gives me an icky feeling every time i see it i maybe watch it once a season it's very it does it give you what like tommy vibes or something it just gives me i don't i can't even explain it like i don't know if it's the black and white thing I, it's almost like a trauma feeling when I watch it. I know that sounds weird to say, but it's just like, it's not aesthetically pleasing to me. So the So So Deaf remix has 9.1 million views. The premise of this video is that little Bow Wow, little Bow Wow, is that little Bow Wow 
has <laughs> stopped believing in Santa because he waited up late at night and Santa never showed up when in fact Santa overslept. So Mariah had to save the day by getting Santa awake. And in the end, she woke him up, Bow Wow believed again, and Mariah is back on the beach in Guam with the hot cartoon Zaddy. That's funny that that video plays into the she goes back to the ocean. Yeah, and it's almost like the honey video. I feel like they were trying to recreate the honey video right there in that cartoon at the end. But yeah, yeah she is true. she is back at the ocean. What are your thoughts on this? Because you know I love a cartoon Mariah moment. A yeah, cartoon you do. Christmas, a cartoon Christmas Mariah moment. So this is my favorite version of the cartoon Christmas Mariah. So they just basically took the same Mariah from the Heartbreaker video and imported her into that Christmas vibe or whatever. But I loved it. I thought it's cute. I don't really love this remix, though. It's okay. It's all right to me. I like the video. I'm not really here for the remix. When I first heard the remix on The Greatest Hits CD, I thought, what is this? I've never been a fan of Lil Bow Wow. Maybe if it had been bigger, it would have been a huge thing to incorporate. Okay, well, we've got the remix as well. Like, put that into some of the shows. I'm glad she did re-record it to do something with JD. Like I said, not sure about Lil Bow Wow. I'm glad she didn't do a whole remix video with herself in it because it would have been a bit confusing. So the fact that she did a cartoon was nice because don't forget around this time, she was recreating the whole like Chris Kringle, like animated stuff with Santa Claus coming to town. She was also in Proud Family around this time as well as all as like animated caricatures of herself. So it kind of fit well with what she was doing at the time. Yeah, because didn't this come out in like 2008? 10 or around that time no it came out in 2001 oh okay <laughs> oops <laughs> it, it's cute it's cute and we got we got to see that the cartoon mariah from heartbreaker was gonna be a bit of a thing like we didn't know it but like at least it's gonna come up every now and then i'm glad since then it has so okay so this doesn't fall completely redundant now like it is still there and it will pop up hopefully it is on the is it the 26th anniversary release of the album? It's on there as well, amongst some of the songs as well. So she's not forgotten about it, which is good. But this is, this is one of those like unknown, like forgotten Mariah. Exactly. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. Like if you're not a lamb, not many people even know that this song exists. It, it shocks me that it only has 9.1 million views. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder, like, why holiday stations don't play more versions of it, because the, people bitch about hearing that song all the time. There's so many different versions of it, like, that you could, like, overplay. I mean, I think it's actually quite good for considering what it is. It's got 9.1 million views, but doesn't the 60s version of the original song have pretty much the they same? Have the, they have the same exact amount of views. So that's quite good for something that's... To be fair, yeah, but when you throwaway. stack it up, when you stack it up to the original "All I Want for Christmas Is You" with seven hundred thirty-two million views, that's a big difference. Yeah, but well, this, Vision, th Vision of Love only has like eleven million views. But this remix, this so so death remix, is not going to live up to that. Maybe in the future she'll do something with it. Maybe. I like the intro to this video. I like when um <laughs> when uh Lil Bow was like. I ain't care about no damn Santa Claus. It's bedtime. It's time for Lil Bow Wow to go to sleep. Santa I ain't going Claus to sleep. Why, man? Do him. 
Yeah, Bow Wow, you gotta go to sleep, man. Santa on his way, man. Why y'all ain't going to sleep then? <laughs> ain't no damn Santa Claus. He coming. I'ma see him when y'all see him. You heard? Holler. But yeah, I love when he's when also when she's like, uh, holler, boy. You better holler your butt to bed. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that opening. It's a cute video, but I it, like again, I don't run to it. I run to it more than the '60s version. But I feel like if she was to do something else animated with this song that's along the lines of cartoon adult Mariah, then this could kick off a little bit more if it's incorporated in that. But I don't know, we're not there yet. We're still emancipating little Mariah, maybe off the tail ends of that. I don't know. Like if there's a cartoon, even she should do like a little Looney Tunes slash Snoopy S cartoon where this is like the outro. She could put in all of what the Christmas is you, the regular one, and then this the Sir so Jeffrey mix could be the outro and that that could be something that's like remembered that way i don't know i'm sure she has something in her little gag santa bag for later down the pipeline because it's not it's not exactly time stamped it's not like oh my god this sounds so 2001 like it's a little bit like it could be played at any point and it wouldn't sound completely dated it doesn't sound dated now but it's just it just doesn't map for me because of how big all i want for christmas is you is yeah it just doesn't have the same christmas magic exactly you know like it's a good song on its own for sure but it's not that that giant christmas monster that is the original you know yeah 100 percent. all right let's move on to the next one the justin bieber super festive (laughs) this is the worst one she actually she looks cute in the video and that's what your picture is right now (laughs) yeah i know okay so we're talking about the justin bieber super festive version which has 215 million views it was uh, released in 2011. Justin was just 17 years old. But what the fuck is going on in this video? Also, there's too much bass in the song that it overtakes like the vocals. Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like everything overtakes the vocals on this. Everything. Well, I, that this is the version they used, the, the extra festive version from the second Christmas album. So basically, she, she put out a Christmas album in 2010 while she was pregnant with her version only and then the following year justin bieber was doing a christmas album and he wanted to do this duet or whatever it was and then they used the vocals from that version to put together with his kind of like westlife and the against all odds debacle it was basically just a a mashup of the two this this whole thing is just the whole materialistic thing of Christmas. Him as a kid, excited about what was it then? The Nintendo DOS or whatever it was. And she's... Yeah, and they're in a mall. They're in a yeah, mall. Yeah, there was a lot of product placement in this video. Uh, with Nintendo and Macy's. That, they probably paid for the video. She's there at the end with a fringe. She looked great with a fringe. Good for her. She was also with a side fringe as well in a Santa dress as a mannequin. She did that a little bit later as well and it was kind of cute from her perspective but like i just don't if it if it was her song i would be like how does justin bieber tie into this but because justin bieber's having it for his album i'm just like why would mariah agree to this so i'm very that's it under the that's a good point i want to harp on that point because this is really important 
this is not Mariah's song, y'all. So at Christmas time, don't stream this version if you're like trying to push for all I want for Christmas is you because it counts towards Justin Bieber, Mm. not Mariah. So never stream this version during Christmas. It's awful. He has no personality during it. Even, Even if you listen to just the vocals, it's like, what the fuck is this? And when you watch the video, it's just like, what is he doing? It looks like that X Factor pop idols artist that's just got their first music video out. Just like, okay, you've not quite grasped your craft yet. But... No, and I think back then he looked still looked like Usher. Yeah, but it was really creepy because I feel he's like 17... Usher had more charisma. Always had more charisma than Justin Bieber. It's, no, I know, it's... but like, didn't Usher sign his ass and then like yeah. he definitely like him with the like the baggy things like hanging between his pants like that really reminded me of usher yeah I don't true know. true it's just really creepy because he's 17 years old in this video and he's sexualizing like the santa ho raya which i love i love the santa ho raya in this video a lot but then but it that was just... contradicts him being there in the first place no it's a weird video it literally looks like a commercial a macy's commercial. yes and she does that weird thing where they're in the sleigh at the end and he looks like a, a kid meeting his idol. Like, he probably looks we like We do Hal. get some cute shots of Cha-Cha, though. We do get a couple we do. of cute shots. Yeah. But that hair that she has in the sleigh is a no for me, dog. What? <laughs> I think it's quite cute. Like, it it's very it's glitter. Like, no, it's very glitter, glitter era, era Mariah. <laughs> yes. Glitter era, yeah. But only if you part it. But, like, for me, it was kind of like, okay, you've got a new hairstyle for the winter. You just had some kids. Like, oh, I'm back for a little moment. Here we go. Here's a fringe. Um, Or bangs, I think you call it in the US. But, like, it looked cute. I can't tolerate it forever from her. But as a pop-up moment, I'll take it. I do love the end part where she says one is, one is, one is. I love that. I wish that we could like do surgery and all I want for Christmas is you and and take little parts that Mariah does in future versions and just kind of combine them. She I'm sure might. somebody can do it on yeah, YouTube. I wish, the, I wish the original one had the oh, oh, at the end. Like, at the like, end, yeah. yeah. If you import both that, both the high notes at the end and the one is, one is, one is, and replace that with the original all i want for christmas is you slay but you know she kind of did something similar at the tokyo dome i know you're not a live lamb nick but like when she gets to the end of All I Want for Christmas is You at the Tokyo Dome. She you does better something... be a live lamb for this special coming up, bitch. <laughs> she does something a little bit similar to All I Really Want is One. Is It's not quite the same. But when I heard that, I thought, isn't this a bit of an adaptation of what she did on the Tokyo Dome? I don't know. It sounds very similar to me, even though it's not exactly the same. But like... Put yourself through it, Nick, and go back and listen to that and just hear it. It's so nice. And the fact we do have that on a recording of the rarities. Are you talking about her Tokyo Dome performance of it? Yeah, I said that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that performance is so... And she's dressed like the 60s version, but it's not in black and white. Ish, yeah. And they played the 60s version at the beginning. But, like, there's something that she does with her vocals at the end, and it's similar to the, all I really want is, one is, one is... It's very similar. Yeah, I I love the whole Tokyo Dome performance. Everything, everything. 
Well, all right. No, no sale, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next video. <laughs> so next, in next. 2019, we got a couple of music videos. We got oh, one. Yes. Yes, we did. We got one with extra footage from the original production which has 25 million views and then we got the spectacular the one full of grandeur and glory the glory of the candle <laughs> extravaganza <laughs> superiority complex. the make my wish come true edition <laughs> the best one. Oh, really i mean it, it's giving the most vegas for sure yeah that's my favorite one it's giving the most production definitely well, I kind of get where you're coming from, Nick, because in terms of like extravagant music videos, we should have really only got the original, the 60s, and this. That would have been cute. And I do like the fact that it seems a bit seamless, like the CGI in the background of all the 1920s glorification is there, but it's not complete. I mean, obviously it's fake, but it doesn't look so badly put in. It does look like a glorious music video. And of course, at this point, it going to number one should be celebrated. And what better way to do it than with a music video? She's not going to go back into the bloody snow and frolic around with anything like at this point in her career. Like, and yeah. like recreate the original. Yeah, that, like that, that, would, that would be tacky. Exactly. But, but, so, the, I remember when they announced that they were about to re-release this new version of the All I Want for Christmas is You video. And I was thinking, like, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? And I'm so glad that she worked with Joseph Kahn on it because, mm. I, I don't know, this, again, it goes back to that 2019 where I go in number one, so proud of her. Like, I watched the premiere of this video. I'm yes, sure you guys did, Yes, this played a too. huge part of that going to number one as yeah. well because it was all strategically yeah. timed. With the signed singles, this video coming out, the Madison Square Garden performance, everything that year for Christmas was perfectly laid out. But I think that what the it two coming together, the extra bits of the old version done in a way that it was like, okay, this is the alternative version in a way. Even though she's like holding hands with kids, there's loads of fake houses in the background. If you were to take the original video and turn it inside out, that's what the other version would look like. So I'm glad we got the two at the same time because like, okay, that's what we were doing. Here's some extra footage. Yeah, we're about to go to number one. We're spectacular. Here we go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like I like the extra footage version. I don't watch it a lot. I watch it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But like I like the high quality of it. The only thing that really creeps me out are those kids like the little elf kids, you know what I'm talking about? And they're like yeah. wrapping themselves around her in a circle. It's almost like a like a séance or something. It's real creepy. And Ryan's just <laughs> doing all these little poses. It's just so weird to me. If you take yourself out of it and look at look at it, like in a realistic way it looks really weird to me but well, i like all the high quality of as i was a kid at that time i i don't really think about it in a satanic kind of way <laughs> well I'm, I'm just saying like <laughs> i can see why they took it out of the original version yeah it's all i'm way. saying I, yeah. can, I can see why it was extra footage it's a bit for hansel real, real. and gretel no oh yes very yeah, very that, much like, that castle in the background sort of yeah thing. yeah something in background that looks like cardboard a cardboard cutout like i think he's like over, over from the the anytime you need a friend original video <laughs> but basha was probably on the set for that remember she was on the set for that actually yeah, yeah. she asked us she did she said there was another video done and we actually told her that was released 
well, that one has 25 million views. The high production one has now at to, to this date of recording has 291 million views. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see if okay. it get up to 400 million this year. I think that it's weird that the extra footage version has more than the 60s version. Yeah, me too. That's why it's the forgotten All I Want for Christmas is You video. Well, we forgot it as well when we did our live back in the day when we were doing lives. And we were going through all the videos. We were like, there's five music videos. We were like, oh my God, damn. And then I think it was you, Nick. We said it in our 50th episode, but I can't remember now. And Nick, I think it was you that was like, what about the black and white one? And then Gia was like working something out. I can't really remember. And I was like, oh my God, Gia, there's this, there's the 60s version. Oh my God, there's the 60s version. So, no, I said, oh my God, there's six of them. We forgot the 60s version. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, we forgot the black and white one as well. I'm so-, so yeah, it's it's, in a way, is that one is easy to forget. What do y'all like about the new All I Want for Christmas is You? That video. What do you guys like about that video? But the new one? You mean 2019? Yeah, 2019. Okay. I like that she's like a model in the store and then she like comes alive. I like that there's like the big layered thing that all the dancers are standing on and it kind of is like an ode to like the like an old minstrel show or something like it's very old Hollywood. I love that it's like giving me like a Marilyn Monroe moment almost. It definitely had a, a Marilyn Monroe moment. I don't know. For no, like, you know, have you seen White Christmas? There's this scene in White Christmas where I think they talk about like a minstrel show or something. And then there's like this huge dance number where... um. Mandy, there's a minister handy. And then there's like this huge sequence with all these backup dancers. And then there's like different layer a different layered set. And it's just like a ton of stuff going on. If you guys haven't seen White Christmas, you gotta see White Christmas. But it just reminded me, it reminded me a lot of old Hollywood. The thing for me when I first watched it, Great Gatsby. I don't know if you guys don't have Take That in the US, but there's this boy band called Take That. And they had this song called Shine. And they used a lot of like that kind of thing in their music video. And when I I was more intrigued by the camera angles. I like the fact that she's standing in front of a blue screen. What's behind her is not real, yet we get all these different camera angles that makes it feel so large and 3D. This was the best time to do a decent music video, and I feel like they did it. Yeah, I thought they like nailed it. I like yeah. like like you said the camera the camera angles, but I also like the And there's that little cut. mixed girl, the little mixed girl, baby Mariah. Yeah, not quite the mannequin-esque part of it, because I feel like it was done before a few years. Well, you know, when it was done before, but and it was done quite nicely with her to introduce the back, you know, a little bit. But I just feel they could have done it something else with her. But a mannequin kind I thought of it thing. was perfect. I thought it was perfect. That Santa suit wasn't doing it for me, though. No. I loved Angel Raya. I loved her kids in the video hitting the whoa. I loved yeah. all the Mariah-isms where she touches her head, like, when she says don't care and then yeah she was so extra in this video i love when she puts her hand up to her ear when she says sleigh bells ringing and here like everything that she did in the video was amazing to me i love it so much i when i watch it i don't watch it once i watch it like three times in a row i love Mm. it so much i do like the nutcracker moment though the nutcracker outfit i do quite like that i wish they would have went with the full red one though i don't like the black and red one as much as the original okay so after the music videos we're gonna go on to 
the remixes. Mariah is the queen of remixes. How do we feel she fared with the remixes of All I Want for Christmas is You Guys? I think we already kind of touched on it a little bit in the videos. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not many remixes. There's like, what are there, like two? And then we have the Extra Festa version, which is Mm. just a little bit tweaked how we were kind of saying earlier. But I don't know. They're all kind of mad to me. They're not like, they're not terrible. Like the All I Want for Christmas is You little Bow Wow mix. Like we said before, it's not terrible, but it's just kind of there for me. I feel like all the dance remixes we got when All I Want for Christmas is You probably went a little bit quiet. Have fallen under the radar a little bit. They're not really that memorable, to be fair. If we'd have had a David Morales remix at some point during this time, even if it was an old one, I know she wasn't working with him then, but if they'd have revisited it during 1994 and 2000, let's say, if we'd have had that released, that would have been a lot more memorable because some of these dance remixes are just not it. Well, we just really have that one, the new dance mix with Low Sunday. I, I had no idea who he mm. was, but there's no like resung vocals or anything. It's cute or whatever, but like yeah, it's no know. David Morales mix. I think the one that you guys are talking about is the one I think I like. It was the one you guys are talking about from 2009. That was on the signed Christmas single, right? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And it's like. And, and then it's like, it starts off like, all I want is. Yeah, it wasn't good. Over and over again. Yeah, it's very repetitive of pretty much the same thing. And even if it changes. And then it's like, it's all I want, make my wish come true. All yeah. I want, make my wish come true. All I want. <laughs> oh my God. I remember this came out roughly, is it just after memoirs? It came out in 2009. Yeah, so just after Memoirs. And I was like, oh my God. And I think because of all of of, uh, Memoirs being leaked on YouTube right before it was released, I felt like really like it was a shit year, to be fair. Um, Even though I still love Memoirs, but it just reminds me of that year, this remix of What About the Christmas Is You. It's just like, okay. Okay, so one thing we've not talked about is the 2020 version of All I Want for Christmas is You for the Apple TV Christmas special, whatever it was called, I can't remember. Isn't it like Mariah's Magical Christmas special? <laughs> so guys, um, Nick, I know you're not a huge fan of the, the live moments, but we had a whole moment in 2020. So let's start with you, Nick. How do you feel about this version? The Christmas special version? I don't really remember it. It's there. It's not my favorite. It is a little, not just forgetful as a standalone song, but because of everything that we've got with All I Want for Christmas is You and the time that's passed since, I feel like it probably is easy to forget along with the 60s version of the music video. Like, I don't remember this all the time. And the fact that we don't have an actual physical copy of it, it's so easy to forget. It feels more like, but you know when you watch the Hallmark version that was on Netflix later on, it's kind of there with that. It's a performance. It's it's just there with the performance, wherever that might be. Yeah, I was just going to say it's like a performance. But this one does have like a gorgeous nutcracker dress. Her hair is stunning. She's on that snowflake stage. And then there's mm. like the whole spectacular of the Christmas special. But I think that that performance lives best as the finale of the whole entire Christmas special. 
it's a nice performance. It's not try. She's not trying too hard. It's not trying too hard. Um, no one's pushing it to be like, yes, remake the original. It's very glorious as a conclusion. Not that it concludes anything, but as a closer of the Christmas special. It's not as spectacular as the 2019 music video. But it's like building on that moment, I feel like. We can move on if we don't have much to add to that. I think it's nice to address it because it happened. And it's in a way for most lambs or anyone who's a Mariah Carey fan dipping in and dipping out. Like it's, it's a good moment. It's a nice moment to remember. A Diva's Live Holiday on Silent Night in 2016. This is my favorite one. Was it? I thought it was 2019 for some reason. No, it was like 2017, wasn't it? It was in 2016. 16, right before the New Year's Eve moment. I feel like this was, it was a really good performance. Like, it wasn't great, like, or spectacular vocally. I feel like there was a lot of backing track and a lot of, like, dips in and outs of live vocals. She might have sang most of it live along uh, side her own vocals played in the background but i'm not going to blame her for that it was a huge performance she looked great the whole stage spectacular was amazing her hair again it was very similar to what we've just said about the um apple tv christmas special and i felt like even though considering the time which is why i completely forget of when this was this is probably the biggest salvation of that moment this was the debut of the nutcracker ensemble probably but i feel i feel like we got the other version somewhere around this time no this is the og red one oh really okay Mm -hmm. but yeah i liked it again wasn't great wasn't anything out of this world but considering the time it was just it was the like oh my god uh, she's still she's still there there's still something there you know what i mean to me it's like the most like polished it could have like they knew what they were doing with all i want for christmas is you at that point i think that was like the we know this is they knew it was going to be big they knew it was happening and i feel like they perfected the song in a way that was just perfect well i love her hair in this one i love the ensemble i love how she comes out in like a sleigh i do love the vocal i think it's resung yeah overall i think it's a great performance i love the nutcracker ensemble i think we've maybe overplayed it at this point i'm not sure i love it. yeah we have it's totally overplayed we need something new do you think when mariah is 90 years old that she's gonna be doing like a miss santa claus or some shit like that oh i hope not she needs to have some downtime come on like I wanted to see that this is still thriving, but I also wanted to see that her personal life is thriving as well. She deserves to relax. Like, even now she deserves to relax. She does, but she's still young enough to be able to cater to it. Yeah, she is. I just don't want her to end up like a like a Cher or Dolly Parton. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Cher does it well. And I think Cher's more about appearances now as opposed to performances. So Mariah could do stuff like that. She could appear on music channels like, okay, here's my Christmas hit. All I want for Christmas is you. Here's a little bit about, like a little bit of a bio, like a couple of sentences. And then they play the music video on like, you know, music video channels on TV or something. If that's even still a thing then. What shall we move on to next? I think two of my favorites are from the Tokyo Dome, the Daydream era and the Butterfly era. Seeing Mariah's transformation from the all i want for christmas in 95 versus in 97 
it's crazy to see her image, how it's changed and how she performs that in the song. So in the first performance, she's dressed up very 60s, very demure. She's still got her legs out and she's showing more skin than the rest of the show. But versus 97, then the Butterfly Era girl, she is all the way out there. She's giving like the same outfit that she wore when she sang Honey almost, but like a Christmasified version. Mm. And she's got her little Santa hat and like some butterflies on it. It's she, I really do love the Butterfly Era performance of All I Want for Christmas. There's a performance in the Charm Bracelet era of All I Want for Christmas is You that she does really? in Disney World. And she kind of changes up the melody a little bit in one moment. And she um, she has a cute outfit on. She's got a cute little dress on. Her hair is gorgeous. Uh, she comes out of a giant Christmas present. No, I thought she came out of Cinderella's castle. She came out of the castle, but... The rev- oh. remember- Somebody comes out of a giant Christmas present. There's a lot going on. In the Disneyland 2004 Christmas um, performance of All of Our Christmas Issues, she's wearing a, a very tight, short mini dress with a ruffled... She's it, though. Yeah, with a ruffled mini skirt, and she looked fantastic. Like, she was probably, like, what, 34, 35 at this point. She looked absolutely amazing. And this is the transition point from Charm Bracer into the Emancipation of Mimi. Now, we had just had all the high, like, whistly voice, uh, vocals of Charm Bracelet. She, to, for her to come out and sing this big song, like, the way she did, still sounded, like, amazing. Like, when you look back at it now, it's like, mm, okay, it is what it is. But, like, at the moment, it was just like, okay, I'm glad we've still got the Mariah vocals. No, she killed it that day because, didn't she also do Joy to the World? She, she had, like, a whole yes. set. She did yeah, Joe she to the world. To the world. But she didn't really take all I want for Christmas is you anywhere to a point of like high notes and belt. She just did something quite simple with it. And yet it was cute and very Marilyn Monroe in a way. Yeah, she I remember the way she changed the melody. She said, What more can I do? She like changed yes. it. Yes. And she had the little dance routines occasionally. It wasn't too intense or anything. Nothing like Honey or Heartbreaker, but it was a little bit of a jig there with the dancers. It was like gingerbread men and, I don't know, toys popping out of things. and Elves. There elves. Was elves. It, she had a little cute moment with like three of the elves. I just thought, okay, this is what we want from you right now. <laughs> so I was so happy. I, From my point of view, I feel like the whole thing was live. There was no help anywhere. No, she, she slayed that performance. Her mic was on. The only thing I didn't like about the video was like at the end, it looked like it looked like she was on fire. You know what I mean? Because they have like they try to cover her up with like these like orange like things that are flying up and it looks like she's on fire. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. (laughs) You're like, no. (laughs) Well, watch the end of that video and it looks like she's on fire. I've watched that video so many how times. How do you how do you suddenly know like the details of this live video? But yes, like, Nick, oh, no. why are you not talking about the live performances if you know yeah. so much? Yeah, why? Because I watched it before we recorded this. <laughs> oh, so you know about these performances? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are the live performances at, Nick? <laughs> um. Okay, so. Okay, so let's talk about Mariah's most iconic performance of All I Want for Christmas is You. But iconic in the complete opposite end of the spectrum. She's infamous. Yes, her most infamous, her most known. The 2014 Rockefeller tree lighting performance. 
Okay. No, specifically, specifically, the mic feed. <laughs> I want to. St- I just want to start off by saying, in her defense, she was wearing a sleeveless dress with some kind of shawl over the top. She wasn't the best covered, considering what time of year it was. I'm pretty sure. I'm getting every- a new coat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure everybody in that audience was like layered up to fuck. And she's she she has spotlights on her. Yes, but like. Out there in New York in the winter, I can guarantee she was fucking freezing. Not good for her voice. The intro was okay, but when the instrumentation started, I mean, it wasn't great, but when the instrumentation started to come in, it's when we started to see the um, difficulties, let's say. Bitch, I just want to know who leaked. Who leaked them? Who leaked these books? I don't don't know. (laughs) Where did they come from? Yeah, that's us as hell, right? Isn't that Someone so was out to get Mariah on that one, and they <laughs> got her, bitch. Because they got her, bitch. The original, because this the original one is fine. Like the original performance, if you've seen it without just being okay. stripped away, it's whatever. It's literally like okay, she, it's, she had a shitty day vocally, and she fucking powered through the performance, and she fucking did it. But then somebody fucking stripped it of everything edited it to the worst parts of the whole performance back to back that made her look the worst and the funniest and of course it's funny because they made it it, it's a funny video like yeah Yeah, whatever but they took the worst parts of a okay performance and she wasn't she wasn't she wasn't on a good day vocally whatever she is mariah carey Mm-hmm. She is a living legend. She, if she's singing out in the, wasn't there a problem and they couldn't record the situation, so she had to sing live. She went and performed something it like that, yeah. Regardless. And it's a good point that you just made as well. Like when you said they literally picked the bad bit. The song is like what four minutes long, and yet on YouTube when they're talking about the the mic feed, the acapella, or whatever it is that they're claiming it to be, it's like a minute or just over. So it's like you've literally just pulled out the shittiest bits to make it a thing. And it wasn't the best performance. I watched the performance on YouTube not long after it had happened. And I thought, okay, okay, this is what we're going with. Okay, fine, whatever. And it just was neither here nor there for me, you know? Like, I just thought, okay, whatever. My friend sent me that shit every year for Like, yeah, and you me- like, and then when like- you talk to people about Mariah Carey, they will bring this moment up. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. They'll be like, "Did you hear those vocals?" Yes, yeah, bitch, I did hear those vocals. Like, am I dumb? Oh, you're tagging me on Facebook, sending it to me, being like, "Oh, your girl's coming around for Christmas." Like they were saying, it's time before Mariah was saying it was. Right. Yeah, this has become like a meme during the it's time period. Like this will start coming out more and more as the weeks go on, as we lead up to Christmas. To be fair though, I've not seen it that much over here since that time, really. I don't know about you guys. I mean like For I me it was it a few much. it was a few years ago when they were sending it to me. It's gotten better now. But yeah, it's gotten better. Every every Christmas. It was Yeah, every I Christmas. still see it every year though. I still see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, there were some times she sounded pitchy or whatever, and she wasn't really fully there, but she still was making up really cute ad libs on the spot, and mm-hmm. she was still singing out there in the cold. Like she exactly. was giving it what she had to give, and like I love her for doing that, you know? Okay. The last performance I wanted to bring up was Mariah Carey and Michael Bublé live, uh, singing All I Want for Christmas is You. 
um, at Michael Buble's third annual Christmas special. And I just thought that it was really good. Mariah's runs in it stood out to me, like out of a few concerts and specials and shows and performances that, you know, she's done. And she had her gorgeous little studded microphone and she looked really cute with her boots or like maybe they were heel boots. I don't know. She looked cute and her hair was gorgeous and it was big and it was flowing and Michael Buble was there in his suit and they were like standing in front of like this like kind of log cabin-esque sort of house situation and it was just really good her vocals were on point nobody can take anything away from this performance it was a totally solid great performance I just don't like Michael Buble so (laughs) it's whatever to me yeah Um, I don't really think like he stands out to me to me and I don't really pay attention to him in it. I just think that she killed it in her performance. I never listen to his performance or his uh, cover. I like it, but it was really good when he did it live to invite her on and do it in the way that she's used to, because obviously that's where it came from. So it was a really good, it was a really nice, respectful moment. But I feel like we should finish on Probably one of the best versions of Mariah Carey singing this song live, and that's St. John the Divine in 1994. I feel like, was this the first time we were really hearing this song, or was it just the first time we were hearing it live? I'm not sure. But it was like the the infant days of All I Want for Christmas is You. And she got well, the, like... Well, this is the first time. This is the first time it was sung live. And I thought that this was the first time anybody ever heard this song. I felt that too, but I wasn't 100% sure. I think that is true. So those people in the crowd in that video are hearing this song. They're the first humans to hear that song. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, we're getting Curly Raya, but in the same way as we got in, like, Music Box Daydream transition era. So it's, like, part straight, part curly, and with a pony tail. And she's there. Yeah, like, half up, half down. <laughs> Yeah, so long, girl, and she, like I said before, she's dripping in diamonds, bitch. And she, her face is very matte. The lips are very '90s, you know, and yeah. glossy but dark. And oh, she's stunning in this performance, you guys. And the Did vocals it? are, oh my god. Didn't Baja style her for this? Didn't she say that? I think she, she, she probably was there in this era still, right? She, yeah, I think she did. Was, yeah, probably. I'm. I mean, darling. I mean, oh, this. It it does give me that dark glamour that Basha really um embodies to me. She's completely covered, but at the same time, what she's wearing is so fitted. We get to see her shape. We get to see the way she's moving around the stage properly. Like it's so beautiful. And can you imagine being in that audience, hearing that for the first time, like? Knowing what we know now, like, could you imagine going back then and being like, will we ever get a recording of this? Will this ever be released? Or is this just something that you've written for Christmas to bring out later later on? Like, I would be having, like, kittens thinking about that. Yep, wait, because she didn't release this video till 2019, right? No, it was kind of out there, but not, like, in the quality it was. Um... <clears throat> I had never seen this until 2019. Like I I had heard, I thought it was a legend. Like I knew that she had the St. John the Divine concert, of course. Mm-hmm. And I, the only video I think I saw from it was Joy to the World. And then like there was maybe like one or two others that were released on her Vivo page. 
but Joy to the World was the biggest one that I knew. Mm. And then in uh, 2019, this was part of the release and the part of getting it to go to number one, remember? Yeah, for the 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Released this video. And they released the whole concert on that uh, expanded version of Merry Christmas as well. It's such a good performance. So it is. It's iconic. I mean, the whole thing, even the joy of the world, like, feel that joy, feel that joy. It's my favorite Mariah live concert ever. We really get that is such a oh my god! I played that so much in 2019. I love that so much. It, oh my god! Maybe my favorite joy to the world. I you guys, we can't do it right now. Bitch, it can't is do- my joy. It is my favorite. I, that <laughs> joy to the world, right where the Holy Spirit <laughs> takes care of her. Feel that joy. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. <laughs> and literally possessed. <laughs> I mean, this record, this live recording of All of Weather Christmas is it's not as fast as the record, the actual recording for the single in the album, but it's like, it's a bit slowed down, but you really get to hear the capabilities, like, at the time, like, if you've not heard the recording yet, so you hear this live vocal, but when you get the recording later on, can you imagine this in real time, like, I was there, I heard her sing it, and then when it comes out on, like, an actual recording, like, oh my god, this is amazing, like, those people are probably still here today, downloading streaming and getting it wherever they can get it just to make sure it happens for her well i thought that the camp mariah kids were at that concert or she did that yes i think so i think so okay you guys so i guess we got through that long as all i want for christmas is you break breakdown (laughs) bitch we literally broke that shit down and went on tangents and but we made it we made it to the end so what are y'all's final thoughts on this song Love it. Living for it. I want it every year. I hope it goes number one for every year. And I hope it, I hope it lives forever. Not just for her, for her kids, for her grandkids. I hope it's a huge, huge thing. Obviously people can't carry on the same legacy as what she can carry on with the performance thing that we know of at least. But I hope it it does good things for from now beyond. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the song will survive hundreds of years. Like, it will be known. It will be, like, as popular as, like, Beethoven shit from back in the day. Like, people will know this song forever. It's going to fund her great, 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 It's an instant modern classic, timeless, yeah. I can't even know what to say. Like it's, it is all I want for Christmas is you. It is Christmas. It is the entire thing. Like it is bigger than Santa Claus. It's bigger than Rudolph, Frosty, the snowman. Like it is, it goes along with everything that is Christmas. Like it's bigger than Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's literally bigger than Jesus. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the reason for the season for real. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening to our All I Want for Christmas Is You Break Breakdown episode. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you're feeling festive. And we'll see you next time on the Obsessed Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow us on all social media platforms at the Obsessed Podcast. And we'll see you next time on the Obsessed Podcast. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.